the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse Gastan. Yep, and I'm just getting in from a little exercise. I'm glad uh, to be with you today. I hope you guys are doing fine. But I hope I didn't lose the sound right there. There we go. Give me some, give me some of that that sound there. Glad to have you with us on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Um, the number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I don't really care for that plane landing that quick. Um, but yeah, here we go again. Another week. Uh, of life by which you and I can just have a conversation and talk about what's going on. I don't know what's really been happening with the phone lines. Um, Sorry for many of you have been emailing me, telling me that you couldn't get through. Try it again. Let's try to fill up all the phone lines here in the next five minutes. uh, And let's see if we can just kind of work through that, make sure we're not dealing with that cog in the wheel, which has kind of been a problem for a long time. One triple eight. Three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I'm doing well. I hope you are too. Um, I hope that the tossing to and fro of uh, the the media and the narratives and all that stuff you're hearing is not overwhelming you. But if it is, uh, you know we can talk about it. Um, just uh, the, isn't it? It's just kind of like that low resonance and and. Uh, and for some of us, high resonation sound that just doesn't seem to ever want to go away, like a ringing in your ears, if you know what I mean. You can you can go about your life, but you still have that ringing in your ear. And if it persists, you know, it might it might uh, it might emerge into vertigo and then you begin to lose your equilibrium. And that also might translate into some depression. And then all of a sudden you are tunnel vision and. And uh, that uh, ringing in the ears leading to vertical, leading to depression can actually destroy your faith when it comes to uh, optimism and uh, and objectivity of, of life and, and the domain of your own awareness of, of things that are in your control and, and as well as the things that are not in your control. So. Uh, I, I'm talking to a lot of people about the need to be really grounded, really centered, um, really careful about how to just, you know, deal with a 24 hour day um, and, and make sure that you are prioritizing uh, the most important elements in your life, your, your walk with God. I mean, uh, you know, I, I could right there could be the topic for, for the whole day. And uh, as an underlying premise, it is, it doesn't matter what we're dealing with, Hopefully, whatever it is that you are addressing in your life in terms of your environment, your world, 
uh, revolving around, around your responsibilities and your awareness and your privileges and your, your blessings. I hope all of it is brought into captivity to Christ, Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. And because if it's not, then, then our faith does suffer because our faith must be cultivated by both a profoundly passive rest into the promises of God. That is, faith must cause us to lean into and trust God both implicitly and explicitly, like Proverbs 3, 5 puts us, puts it, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And, and, and don't lean on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all your ways. So you got a lot of ways in front of you. I do too. We all do. We've got a we've got a myriad of uh, responsibilities on the overall map of our uh, our life domain, and we have to be able to address those matters uh, wisely, discerningly, discriminatively, uh, with priority, uh, and and it's a process, real real process that takes grace. It, it actually takes uh, wisdom and understanding, um, but it also takes the kind of courage of faith that allows us to look at matters. Um, again, critically and, and, and determine what the truth of a thing is, what is the ontological nature uh, of a thing, because we're supposed to walk in the light and walk in the truth. That is not easy to do. Everybody has their perspective. Everybody has their interpretation. Everybody's rendering their solution to things. But um, uh, there are there are real universal truths. There are real facts about what's going on in our world. And we're still being dominated by a narrative battle. I know you know that. I know you are aware of that. I know the vast majority of you that are that call, that listen in on Monday and uh, and chime in are, you know, are looking for just a little bit of, of, of my portal into uh, what's going on in, in, in the in the most uh, most ubiquitous campaign on the planet. And that's this vaccine campaign, because I know that you're dealing with its intrusiveness in your life, particularly those of you who are working. Uh, if you are a parent, a mother with children, if you are a father, I, I'm, I'm hearing it across the board. And of course, we warned about this. We uh, we warned everyone that this would be uh, the gradual uh, tightening of the noose around the necks of our freedom uh, and 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 almost without any kind of uh, retraction or recourse. Um, so yeah, that that's what we're we're dealing with. Is not is not something you can stick your head in the sand and pretend it's okay. It's not going to be okay for people who are um, who are complicit with uh, the the vaccine mandates. It's not going to be okay for them. They're already recognizing that uh, freedoms and privileges that were once hinted at. Uh, it wasn't long ago that Mr. Biden was talking about we'll all be back to normal by July 4th, hopefully. And, and, and that was not that was not true. We never many of us never believed that because of just the nature of viruses and the nature of this particular campaign attacking it. That that was just the first of a set of ongoing measures that um, without some kind of divine intervention, will go on perpetually. It's designed to wear out the saints of the Most High God, Daniel 7, 25 and 26, if you want to know where that is. Um, and he thinks to change times and laws. 
and to wear out the saints of the most high God. I can move over into a much more uh, micro, uh, uh, if you will, psychological analysis of that, even from a scriptural standpoint, and, 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 and tell you that a lot of this is all a, a challenge to the spirit. It's a challenge to your mind. It's a challenge to your will and volition. It's a challenge to your identity. And, and uh, it's a challenge to your social environment, because as we stated last week, you know, there's a division now and that this also was anticipated. All you needed to do was watch event 201. You can plug it in online. They prepared for this several years before uh, the event occurred and they knew these kinds of things were were going to take place. Well, in the matters of COVID right now, we are not, I repeat, we are not dealing with just two groups of people. I guess I'll touch on that particular fallacy of narrative. Because today what you're hearing in the media media is that there's only kind of two groups of people that we're dealing with. That is the vaccinated and the non-vaccinated, that binary assertion of, uh, of, of there only being two groups of people, vaccinated and non-vaccinated, is a false framework that's designed to keep pushing the vaccine uh, as the only solution to the present and growing problem. And I would say to you, as this system is much more complicated. The, uh, the biodynamics, the social dynamics, uh, the demographics are much more complicated. Studies have clearly shown that millions of people who have already had COVID these are this is another category, not the two binary category that our media is pushing. Are you vaccinated? No. Then you are a problem. You are a problem maker. You're non-vaccinated. And so and so it, all of a sudden you're creating this tension between people groups based upon a false framework. Now, as I said before, I go to break. Studies have clearly shown that millions of people who have already had covid and, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we, we cannot really know how many of them there are because there's no there's no mode of testing by which uh, we could actually statistically evaluate that fact. But it is certainly a fact that from the beginning of the COVID period up until now, multitudes of millions of people who have not gone to the hospital didn't need to men, women and children and adults have had COVID, overcame COVID. And guess what? Their immune system has been proven to be much more vigorously, robustly capable of dealing with uh, not only SARS-2, but the variants that we're dealing with, Delta and Lambda. These are what studies are showing. What does that mean? There's at least three categories of people. And when I come back, I'm going to actually show you that there's about seven or eight categories we need to be considering that make up the landscape of this particular crisis that we're in. And when you ignore those other categories, you now have a system where you can skew the numbers to have an outcome that you want because you're not factually including the other important, critical, concrete variables that would change those numbers substantially in terms of uh, what we need to be doing in the near future. Do we need to just be vaccinating everybody on the planet, men, women, and children, babies in the womb, et cetera, et cetera, in order to try to reach herd immunity? Well, if, if this binary system was the only thing that we needed to make the determination, but if there's more to it, and there is, and I'll share it when we come back, then there are different routes to go to achieve the goal of us getting back to normalcy but it wouldn't be the pattern that our government wants. It wouldn't be the pattern that uh, the WHO or 
the FDC or the CDC would want because they're into selling vaccines, which is a problem. Anyhow, the number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. When I come back, I'll continue with my uh, public service update, and then we'll take your phone calls on theology on sociology, whatever you want to talk about. Glad to be here. Glad to be doing my service. Glad to be speaking on the behalf of people who can't speak. Glad to be talking about the truth. In Jesus' name, we'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. And we're back. The time is 521 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Of course, the number is one 888 Three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If you want to call with a question, comment, um, you can do so. Um, did request that earlier. Want to fill up the lines and make sure our phone lines are working. So give me a call. Um, in my opening monologue, I was basically stating that we re- really need to be careful to know that what you guys are hearing as a um, media campaign narrative that there is but um, two categories of people that we are uh, looking at, and that is the vaccinated and non-vaccinated is a false framework. It's a false framework because it's not the truth. It's not even close to the truth. And that is sad that doctors would buy into that kind of framing when they actually know better. They would actually know that just in the in the context of nature, that the millions of people that have had the virus uh, would have now built up significant antibodies against the virus. And they've already done testing. I've got a report in front of me right now. Uh, and, and this is not the first one that I've received either. So this has been going on for quite a while. And uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, who has stood before the Senate and, and, and told the Senate that this should have been going on from, from the beginning in order to get a right analysis of what's happening in terms of uh, the development of herd immunity. But it's not happening because they don't want a herd immunity analysis that's factual because it might mean that we don't have to keep doing the vaccines. But listen to this. Studies show that people who have recovered from COVID-19 unlikely to benefit from the vaccine. Studies show that people who have recovered from the COVID-19 are unlikely to benefit from the vaccine. Now, this particular article is very general, but there are some articles that go into this particular proposition deeply and talk about why. And they're actually rating the difference between your regular uh, hormonal, uh, your regular antibodies that are built up naturally in your own immune system versus what is being alleged by the vaccines to actually serve as, um, you know, increasing your capacity for uh, uh, immunoprotection. Uh, and if you think this through, because I, I thought this through, and this is what is uh, the vaccines are amounting to, and you're going to notice this. The vaccines are not amounting to protection from COVID. So that that really doesn't even make them a vaccine. The vaccine does not uh, make you immune from getting COVID, which is what the vaccine should be designed to do. And even if uh, it doesn't immune you from like the flu vaccines that, that, that you're given, you can still get the flu. 
Here, the issue becomes what kind of protection does the vaccine render you? And you're hearing all kinds of numbers across the board. Why? Because they can control the narrative. Well, it protects you 90 to 95%. Well, doctors should really know those numbers are still extremely concerned. First of all, those numbers are not have not been proven uh, by the data for it to be that that high across the board. They're already stating that um, Pfizer uh, is not actually uh, demonstrating significant uh, uh, immunity, particularly against the variant that's going on. In Israel, they did a report and said that they don't even believe that the Pfizer vaccine is even 50% uh, effective. And that, that becomes a problem. Why? Because they understand that now you can have breakthrough cases. Even though you've got all these people that are vaccinated, they still are now carriers and they are potential transmitters of the vaccine. And this is why Fauci wants everybody that's already vaccinated to continue wearing masks and to continue social distancing. So what do we know? We know that what the vaccine does is it simply minimizes the, the uh, disease or the effects of the disease. It wouldn't be much more than if you had a really bad flu cold and you flu uh, virus and you took Tamiflu or some other over-the-counter medicine that could really quail and and stop all of the kind of nasty, uh, uh, you know, symptoms that we get from a very bad flu. And that's really what this is amounting to when you look at the evidence carefully. A lot of people who have taken the vaccine have gotten COVID and uh, their symptoms are mild. Uh, a lot of them have died. You and I talked about that last week, so we won't we won't leave that out. A lot of them have died. A lot of them have have had severe um, uh, reactions to the virus still. This is why there hasn't been an approval of these vaccines yet. But here is what's so really important for us to consider that the real map, the real demographics is about eight categories of people that would help us actually resolve this if we took this into consideration. So you got the good people who are vaccinated, okay? And you got the good people who are not vaccinated. So I'm not creating a good guy, bad guy scenario because that's false. The people that are not vaccinated are not inherently bad. I'm not inherently bad. I'm not against vaccines. I'm against what's taking place right here. But I'm not inherently bad and you're not going to paint me bad and I'm not going to be defined by you as bad because I don't take the vaccine. I'm no dangerous than you. And I'll show you why I say that here in a moment. You've got the vaccinated people. Then you've got the non-vaccinated people. They're all good. But then not only do you have the non-vaccinated people and the vaccinated people, you also have the uh, people who have not been vaccinated, but their immune systems, because they have caught COVID, are so significant, as I just stated in articles proved, <clears throat> that it amounts to not only vaccination, but in many cases, better than vaccination. So that's at least three categories. Here's a fourth category. You have millions and millions of young people from newborns to uh, let's say teenagers, 17, 18 years old, of whom we know uh, that 99 plus percent of them will not have anything but small coal-like 
uh, reactions to this COVID. And then if they get the COVID and only have those kind of symptoms, guess what they get to do? They get to join the rest of us whose immune systems and antibodies are built up because we've already had the uh, COVID virus, right? That's a whole group of category that they don't want to talk about. Then you've got the young adults, 21 to 30, 40, 50 years old. They too have a robust immune system, normally speaking. You guys know that we're talking uh, aggregately across the whole. There are always exceptions to the rule. The people that have you know, comorbidities and other illnesses, they need to be careful, whatever their age is. But that's not going to be the preponderance of people. The larger preponderance of people are going to be people who can get the virus, who can overcome the virus, whose immune system now is able to actually easily and, and sufficiently, and according to the data, for years detect any kind of spike proteins that would connote that they're dealing with uh, the SARS virus or any variant thereof. They're already doing that testing and prove that. So what does that mean? We're looking at five or six categories of people. You have the vaccinated, you have the non-vaccinated, you have those who had COVID and are recovered. You have those who have never had COVID. Now, they may be the ones that are a little bit more in the vulnerable area, but I don't think so. Why? Because I just said that those who have never had COVID can range from the babies all the way up to the young adults in their 30s, 40s and 50s. And they do not create a threat. In fact, when it comes to. Uh, again, herd immunity, we want them to get it, get over it, build up their immune system, and then they get to join everybody else in, uh, in, in, in pushing down these, uh, these viruses in order that we can get back to some normalcy. So don't make them enemies of the state. Uh, then you also have those whose immune system is boosted significantly by uh, by by taking measures on their own to um, use vitamins, to use um, different prophylaxis, they are very, uh, very, uh, very common and very much held in reputation by many doctors. That is another category that you don't want to hear in your major media. That is how these different prophylaxis works. Ivermectin being one of them. Uh, hydroxychloroquine being infamously one of them, monoclonal antibodies being another. There are about six or seven out there, including ranges of, uh, as you know, vitamin uh, vitamin D3, right along with K2 and right along with zinc and many other things that you can take to continue to build your immune system. And the scenario I am painting is that there are seven or eight categories of us who all should be on the same team using various approaches at attacking this problem instead of everybody being on the black team or the white team and then marshal down one path to try to solve this problem based upon the government's regimental system, which again, according to a longstanding virologist, this will never work. It'll keep you on a vaccine track for the rest of your life because it should have been dealt with by the model that I'm talking about from the beginning that we ha had noticed that what we're dealing with is another epidemic. You quarantine people, you quarantine people, and then you implement these measures, early treatment, prophylactic, uh, post-COVID treatments, and get people really uh, educated on how to go about collaborating 
as a team, not becoming trapped by a media narrative that makes us adversaries and, and enemies. This is so superficial and so carnal. But there's more to be said. I've got to take a break. I recognize that the lines are probably all full now, which is good as well, because we can uh, begin to have some conversations around these things. But certainly, I want you to be thinking broadly and deeply and doing your research and uh, and understand that there's more than one way uh, that can be approached to actually deal with this problem. And the broader ways will bring about more unity among us than the division that our uh, institutions are uh, anticipatedly uh, imposing upon us. Again, you're listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are. I think we have one line open if you want to join the conversation. one 367 5329 one Let's go to line number four and talk with Jerry in Oakland. Jerry, are you? Okay. Well, all right. Then we'll go to line number three. We've got two lines open then. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. If we, you are interested in our topic and you want to join us, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let's go to line number three and talk with AJ in Dublin. Hey, Pastor, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Just listening in, and um, so I, I just, um, you know, I'm not going to use a lot of time. So I'm going to uh, ask the question. Is the narrative that's running, you know, through the media, is that the same, the strong delusion of Second Thessalonians 2, um, uh, verse 11, the strong delusion that, you know, the people are given over to? Um, I think I think it's an application uh, in that context. In that Second Thessalonians 2, 7 is going to be uh, 2, 2, 9 through 11. It's going to actually be dealing largely with. Um, with a uh, theocentric message. Of course, the verses previous to that, AJ, are dealing with uh, the idea of the man of sin sitting in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God and therefore taking massive control over anything that would want to worship the true God. And he would force that worship upon himself. Now, what he would be doing that I say is a certain application here. If you look at the uh, line of development from verse three following, uh, he takes a central place in the temple. That means he's venerated as a God, though he is a false God. And that term man there mm-hmm. is a generic concept. It's not, it's not talking about one man like uh, many would assert would be happening in, during the tribulation period as they assert this is this is a system that man is a system um, and mm. and it's satanically mm. controlled and and through satanic uh, influence and this is why I say only thing we can do with this make application because that man is operating as an antichrist model calling people mm-hmm. to submit to him in worship and he's infused mm-hmm. with with spiritual powers to actually deceive the masses. Now, in the in terms of what you're talking about, I think that we live in a culture now, AJ, where mass deception mm-hmm. is easier than it ever has been in any part mm-hmm. of time because of technology, because of media, because you can send a message right. around the world. You can couple that message also with imagery, with sound, with all right. of the sensory dynamics that would lead people to um, 
to be to be persuaded to yield their allegiance almost uh, uh, without any kind of resistance. So I do believe there's an application. I'm, I, you know, I'm hesitant only in terms of contextual exposition there, but application certainly. If we look at what's going on today with this particular health. Uh, care issue. It is the number mm-hmm. one issue in the world. It's the biggest thing going on. It's it's <laughs> yes, it it's getting itself around everybody's life in a way in which the medical industry has never ever done that. But you and I heard last yesterday, you know, the doctrine of pharmacia mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the Babylonian system. Mm-hmm. Uh, has warned mm-hmm. us that we're dealing with that central manifestation of of witchcraft and uh, and and mass delusion yeah. mm-hmm. among citizens. So I see definitely an application there. Wow! Yeah, absolutely. I and the reason I ask is because when I talk to people about the um, you know their idea or their uh, thoughts um, surrounding the vaccine or the uh, whatever it is um, gene therapy, call it the vaccine. Right. Exactly. Um, It seems like we're all saying the same thing, yet we're not in agreement. So it's confusing to me when I'm saying, okay, if you get it and if you get the shot, then you're immune. Right. No. Okay. If you uh, if you have the shot, then um, and you get covid, can you still give it? Yes. Okay. And then we arrive at the at the same ending. But right. we, we have different opinions about it. That's what it's it's confusing. And the only thing I can apply to it is that they don't have eyes to see and they don't have ears to ear because, you know, the Lord gives both of them. And that's why I was trying to make an application to, to, to help me make sense of it, because it seems like I'm spending a lot of time, you know, kind of expressing what what, you know, most would call logic. But. Right. They're not applying logic to this. They're they're just saying um, they're making the dichotomy between the unvaccinated and the vaccinated people. And and uh, I'm so glad you drew out that there's more people than uh, than um, more groups of people than they're actually um, trying to categorize. Because I, I know plenty of people who actually have not um, gotten covid nor gotten the shot. And I mean, it's been over a year now, you know, Um, and I also know people who have gotten COVID and have not received the shot and they're doing just fine. They actually feel a lot better than um, than before for some reason. Maybe it's because they're better on vitamins. But um, I just wanted to, you know, I was really hoping that eventually somebody calls who's actually pro pro-vax who could actually explain why exactly they, you know, they, um, they think that it's the right thing for everybody to do as a generalized blanket. But I, I, you know, maybe I'll have to listen a little longer. (laughs) Well, no, I've, I've, I've frequently asked them to do that. And there have been a few people who have called and their general answer is going to be this. And, And so, you know, if you, if you push the principle of logic, you're going to push them into a mm-hmm. corner and they're not they're not going to respond. They're not going to respond in kind. They're going to respond evasively. So I've asked people who have been vaccinated, uh, why did they do it? And and they weren't able to really give me a good answer. And, and I asked them, did you do the mm-hmm. research? Do you understand uh, both the uh, upside and the downside of this particular 
uh, experiment and and they didn't. I asked them, do you understand mm-hmm. that you're dealing with a uh, an emergency use authority format, which means you don't have any recourse? They didn't understand that, too. So one of the big things, you know, we've been talking about for weeks now is the mm-hmm. um, the, the the borderline criminal element, if not altogether criminal element of the mode in which they're pushing these uh, gene therapy uh, experiments uh, without giving people full information and data as to exactly what kind of injuries and harms have occurred over the last year and a half right. up to now. Right. Um, all of that is even more specious, even more problematic, even more uh, suspicious than than the vaccine. Now, the vaccine comes with its own set of uh, of conditions that needs to be evaluated and, and maybe that the evidence will be brought to the table one day where the American people can see it. They won't see it unless they do the research. But getting back to and I got to let you go here, getting back to mm-hmm. asking them the question, why did you do it? You won't get one person who will come to you and say, here is the data. Here's the information. Here's what I know. And therefore, this is why I did <laughs> right. it. Most of them did right. it because they wanted they wanted freedom that was being promised back then, freedoms mm-hmm. that they no longer have available to them because they were told the vaccine would do something that it did not do. And they were told that they would be free to do things that they cannot do. And so this is a problem for them, too, for which you need to you, you got to be sympathetic with them. Listen, thanks for the call. Okay. Uh, pretty good hey, question. Absolutely. We got to take another Thanks break. When we come back, we'll take your phone calls. Two lines open. one 367 5329 one I'll tell you one other reason, too. They fear this uh, virus so badly that it somehow is going to turn around and just kill people all over the place, all over the ground, just millions and hundreds of million people just dying from it. And so they wanted to protect themselves from it. That's why they took the jab. It was it was due to fear. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is 551 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Uh, we've got two lines open. Uh, I really appreciate AJ's question because it really needs to be ferreted out and investigated and explored. Enough of us, you and I, have experienced now for almost two years where we can talk about this with some uh, with some concrete evidences and and anecdotes and stories without without you know becoming so vague and ambiguous that we would waste our time. I appreciate AJ. Before I go to line two and talk with Idris, what I want to say about that that proposition, AJ, when it comes to God's warning about a strong delusion, um, if we actually do an analysis of that term, strong delusion, I told you that that Greek term is a working of error. It is a working of error. Energy employed that drives people towards a path of falsehood. That's the term. He shall give them over to a strong delusion. God will give people over who uh, who take pleasure in unrighteousness. This is why we want to be careful, because a lot of believers have taken the vaccine, a lot of them. Um, but it does not mean that they can't be subject to temporary error. They could. Uh, also, if the reality of that text is such that there is a beginning application of the spirit of error, 
And then the spirit of error begins to grow and increase and metastasize. Or let's say that in, in, in any individual who may already be uh, who may already have the virus of the spirit of error, we're going to keep with the analogy. Uh, it, it, it goes into their system and they find themselves moving in their allegiance to the power of the state rather than to the power of God and to the power of God's word and to the power of faith. If men and women are starting to gradually drift away from a true substantial connection with God, initially you won't see it. You won't see it because the way the enemy is working is he's imposing propositions that are getting people at the deep fear level, the threat level, the loss level that we talked about on Sunday. Uh, and, and because they want to protect their interests, um, we already know that the way the narrative is framed is if you don't have the vaccine, you are under threat of loss. You can lose your job. You can lose freedom of travel. You can lose relationships. And that's already happening with a lot of us. A loss of relationship, diminishing of relationships. And whatever people's value systems in the plural are, value systems across the board, if their value systems are so high that this particular event that's taking place uh, is inclined to threaten those value systems, well, then they'll just take the jab. They'll take the jab because they want to keep from losing those things, whether it's promotion on the job, whether it's access to institutions. All of that is the uh, wiles of the system uh, by which at some point the whole uh, medical industry from the top down uh, might be complicit in the kind of guilt that the Nuremberg uh, event occurred. And this is why many lawyers and doctors are taking that route in terms of suing the government and suing big pharma, et cetera, et cetera. So I say this to say, if another pressure is applied, and this key is in keeping with the viral anatomy, analogy, if another set of pressures applied, you will see people move even further away from the things of God. There will be a substantial disconnect from the gospel, from the authority of God, from submission to God, because they will not uh, want to do anything that would jeopardize the, the the value systems that the government can put their hand into and take away from you. At that point, we can be fairly sure we're dealing with idolatry, the spiritual idolatry of coveting this life. Remember what Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses soul? So these are the parameters that we uh, we are dealing with on a theological level, on a sociological level, uh, on a spiritual level, because you know, I'm watching this occur over the weeks and months and years. I was talking with uh, another young man just yesterday, and we were both affirming the fact that this COVID thing has split churches across the nation. And Vody Baca made that reference in an interview yesterday that I was watching as well. I think it was a fresh interview with a young lady. And she asked the question, will this split the church? Well, it has. Critical race theory combined with the pressure of the COVID-19, uh, COVID-12, uh, COVID-19, uh, 
COVID-19 issue has caused people to take these binary choices. Take it, don't take it. Submit to the government, don't submit to the government. Approve of whatever the government says or be critical of the government as uh, many of us are. This is certainly has split the church and it was designed to because it's necessary for this disruption to occur, you guys. Uh, this disruption is necessary to expose all of us as to whether or not we are really diligently seeking God, really diligently seeking God. Because if the next level of pressure that occurs takes away more freedoms, then there you go. We're dealing with a slavery system. And that is uh, that is the parallel to Revelation 13. Whosoever you know does not receive the mark of the beast, and therefore has the freedom to buy and sell and go and, and do this and that, that one, that person will be killed. And, and the killing in the Bible starts with a negative and derogatory attitude towards another person created in the Imago Dei. This, so this is what Jesus was saying. If you hate your neighbor, that's even murder. So if policies are drafted, if narratives are produced, if you have these kind of binary uh, pictures being drawn by mass media, uh, people who are vaccined are good. People who are not vaccinated not only are bad, but they're dangerous. And you already heard it. They are killing people. So that kind of inflammatory narrative is hateful and demonic. We know that. And it is playing a role in impacting people from the upper branches to the Lord. But let me say this, and I'm going to, I'll get you Idris uh, after the break. I want to I want to kind of develop this and then we'll we'll take our phone calls on the other side. Um, you got to have this. This is what Jesus said. And this is what uh, this is what Paul said in Second Corinthians eleven nineteen. Christ said, you shall know them by their fruits. And in order for a tree to bear fruit, it has to come under pressures. It has to come under pressures. It, it just doesn't do it in a vacuum. There's all kind of horticultural and agricultural dynamics for a tree to actually come under the pressure of bearing fruit. Uh, this is why our theme this year is taking root downward and bearing fruit upward. All of this pressure, I want to actually produce in me the character, the character of God in Christ and the wisdom and discernment to be able to actually swim against the tide be clear in my discernment of what are the most important matters, which cannot be my freedom. They, they cannot be my freedom. They cannot be my privileges. They cannot be my enjoyment. They cannot be. I cannot be at the same time uh, a pursuer of God in Christ and the truth and coveting uh, uh, material things and 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 what we would call natural blessings of this world and fear loss. I can't do that. They'll, those are mutually exclusive. You heard it yesterday. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear has torment. The one that's dominated by fear cannot be made perfect in love. These are extremely important matters in that end. You cannot, you cannot play them down. And if the government is really moving in to change the way we live, and to so control 
our functional society, that it has the ability to wipe out any expression of, uh, of, of kingdom living, of, uh, of religious freedom, of religious expression, so that the doors are shut just because they say we have another virus and people are separated from their families and people are separated from their kids and their kids are separated from them as you find in parts of the UK, in Britain and in Canada happening already. I've been warning us for months. Just because it's not happening on your front door doesn't mean it won't happen on your front door. It's happening on your neighbor's front door. And if you're not looking broadly enough on a global level to see how abuse of power in the name of safety and health is exactly what's going on here, then, you know, then you may be also sticking your head in the sand there as well as hoping that this kind of just goes away. When in a country where freedom is utmost to the character and enjoyment and responsibility and privileges of, of, of a people, if we don't fight for our freedoms, you change the whole DNA of the nation, the whole DNA. Everybody now is going to be looking like and feeling like, well, 1984, Orson Welles, 1984. Line up, do what we say. We know you're not happy, but we've got a pill for that, according to Aldous Huxley, and we'll just make you happy synthetically now that we're controlling your health synthetically. And uh, this is not far from the truth. Got to take a break, pay some bills. When I come back, uh, three lines open, one 888 Give me a call. Give me a call. Uh, we'll keep talking on the other side of the break about why our hope should be in God, because things are getting dark right now. We'll be right back. 